Hi, and welcome to the Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at the Strad. If you've got your hands on our brand new April 2022 issue, you'll know that this month our masterclass section features the Norwegian violinist Eldbjörg Hemsing giving a tutorial on Grieg's Violin Sonata No. 2, the third movement of which you're listening to right now. Who better to speak to me about Norwegian music than a leading Norwegian violinist? Eldbjörg spoke to me about the varying idiomatic natures of Norwegian music, as well as that distinctive Norwegian instrument, the Hardanger fiddle. So much of Norwegian folk music tradition is passed on through conversation, which I'm very pleased to say the podcast is the perfect medium for doing so. Here's Eldbjörg. Eldbjörg, welcome to the Strand Podcast. So we're here today to talk about Norwegian music, your experiences of Norwegian music, to tie in with your masterclass feature in the April issue of The Strad, which, when this comes out, should be available. You spoke to my colleague Pauline about the Grieg Violin Sonata number 2, and I just had a read through the article, and what I really loved about it is that you've painted a lot of pictures about how the music should sound in terms of Norwegian music. I think at one point you mentioned cows, you mentioned <laughs> improvising. <laughs> so, you know, how do you describe the sound of Norway to someone who's not Norwegian? <laughs> you know, what does Norwegian music mean to you? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's really exciting. <laughs> and I'm so happy to be asked all these questions because I am a very passionate Norwegian, to put it in those words. I feel like the Norwegian culture is so rich and has such uh, interesting uh, nuances and it's a country that you know if you turn the whole country around it will go all the way down to the southern tip of Italy it's a very long country so the impulses from the whole coastline from the weather you know it's quite a intense um, seasons if you are living in the very north for instance you're completely dependent on what the weather does to you in order if you can travel or if you can move around. So I think that also had such a big impact on culture and how you view music in particular. Um, as you mentioned in the sonatas, I mean, there are a lot of natural and nature elements um, and a lot of things that I think probably is also part of how I grew up is how I view it because those are some of the references that I have. But uh, Greek's music, it was taken so much from uh, folk music that was in the country and when he was studying he was sent to Leipzig to have a you know proper training very German the whole lead traditions all those things um, and when he returned back to Norway that was primarily the way he composed but thanks to amongst other people but thanks to uh, the Norwegian superstar at that time his name was Ole Bull he was kind of considered the Nordic Paganini he was an incredible virtuoso and he was really would say concerned, but also very taken by what is actually Norwegian. What is the sound of Norway? And at that point, Norway was an incredibly young state. Um, it was probably still in union at that point, I believe, with Sweden and with Denmark. Uh, it was considered a very poor country. There was a lot of farmers and people who, they, we didn't have, for instance, as you have in Sweden or in Denmark, you know, the court, the, the royals. That, at that point, Norway was really nothing. Um, I mean, beautiful, of course, but there was nothing there. And so it became a huge awakening as to what is really Norwegian and what you define as Norwegian. And uh, Ole Bulli was very helpful to Edward Kirig in the sense saying that you, you shouldn't 
compose as you learn from other people. You really need to find the, the sound of this country. So what he did was to listen to folk music, listen to people who had kind of um, protected that, uh, lots of the traditions. And as I mentioned earlier, Norway is a very wide and long country and there's a very, very big difference in both how you speak, but also what the people are like from the very north to the very south. And and we're talking now like mid-1800s. Of course, it wasn't that easy to travel. You couldn't just, you know, easily get anywhere. And so he, Edward Grieg, instead had to look for collectors, people who traveled around and would collect tunes and other um, kind of sounds from the from the country. And a lot of this came also from the national instrument, which was the Hardanger fiddle. The reason it's called Hardangerfiddel is actually because it was found in the area Hardanger with the, all the deep fjords <laughs> in the west coast. I think it must have been the end of 1600 or something like this. That's why it's called the Hardangerfiddel. And he used a lot of this tonality, you find in this instrument, and directly transcribed it and of course made it his own musical language. But it was, uh, we can find so many of these elements in his music. And to me, the second sonata is... It is the most Norwegian sounding because it has the rhythm. You find a lot of folk music and it has all the tonality. And I think also the spirit in many ways, this very optimistic, very anything is possible kind of optimistic uh, spirit. And that's also why it's so fun to play because it is a very surprising sonata in many ways. The Hardanger fiddle was probably, I'm probably saying that completely wrong, but <laughs> Hardanger fiddle is probably played in a setting very different from a concert hall setting, right? I mean, it's a folk instrument. And so do you sort of have to bring that kind of element of the environment into the music? It's definitely, it's a very much uh, an instrument that was used in specific settings. Like for instance, it would be gatherings or weddings, or like you say, not really a concert setting. But there was also quite a, I would say, almost revolution when it comes to this. Um, also, thanks to Willy Bull, I feel like I talk a lot about him, but he was really very important. And he was the first person who put a Hardanger fiddle player on the concert stages. Um, and this person was called Müller Guten, and he became the first kind of person who was able to bring it from that kind of folk casual setting into an actual concert setting. And now, uh, today, it's a very natural thing to play Hardang uh, Fiddle on the concert stages and mix it with other genres. Uh, you have uh, folk music and rock is a very famous combination, even pretty hard rock. <laughs> then, then you can also put it, of course, with classical music, and a lot of composers are very direct linked to folk music. But um, the instrument itself is very delicate. It looks like an, a violin. It's just a little bit smaller. But instead of four strings, it has eight or nine. Uh, five of those uh, are underneath the, the, um, the four strings you would normally play on. So they just resonate. Uh, you can tune it up to, I think, 27 different ways, depending <gasps> oh on... My gosh. I know, it's a lot of tuning. It's, it takes a lot of time. But uh, it does depend on like, what you play and when you play and what you want to play. <laughs> so there's tuning for almost everything, I think. You have the, the troll tuning. Which is very fun. The tro sorry, what, say again. What was that? it's called? Tro the troll tuning. It's, troll, yeah, as in like yes. the monster. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Just you know, casually like that. And then <laughs> there is also the uh, like you know the early early dawn when it's between grey and blue. That's literally called grey blue tuning. So like you have a lot of tune yeah. tunings that are very directly translated to the day time of day. Oh wow! Like you were saying before, the influence of the environment yeah. into the music. Exactly. If you don't get around so much in your very very long country, you're going to be influenced <laughs> by what is directly on your doorstep. 
Yeah. The Hardanger fiddle, it uses a lot of double stops, is that right? Am I right in thinking it's got quite a flat planing, so it's not as curved as No, that's as correct. Violin, right? it's, it's almost almost completely flat. So it is uh, to be able to make the instrument resonate and get as many kind of strings in as you play. Um, you play it almost like a Baroque violin in many ways, and that's ideally how you should have it, even with gut strings and stuff, which makes tuning even worse, believe you me. <laughs> but it is that's yeah. kind of how it's supposed to be. And um, the instrument is incredibly beautifully decorated. It has mother of pearl around the edges, and every violin maker can make their own signature in making like all the traditional kind of patterns and stuff like that. And on top of the violin, there is um, a dragon head. Of all things. <laughs> so oh, I see. So on yeah. the scroll, there's like a creature. Yeah. <laughs> and it's supposed to be protecting you and I think also the instrument uh, from bad spirits. I feel like I feel like we all need that on our string. Right. <laughs> especially when we're playing really, really difficult repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I know you mentioned 27 different kinds of tuning, but um, do you play the Hardanger fiddle yourself regularly? Or is it just something that you channel into your own music making? No, I do play it uh, fairly regularly, but um, I would say that playing classical music uh, definitely takes way more time. But I, to me, it's very, very important to keep it alive because so much of the tradition is oral like you don't actually almost don't have anything written down they do try to write something down in order to keep it for generations to come but so much of the rhythm is specific to uh, geographical areas which makes it very difficult to notate like when it's asymmetrical as opposed to even so i mean a lot of the rhythm you can't actually properly notate so that's also why for me it's really important to keep it up and play because otherwise I forget and that's not how it should be so I am um, I try to make sure I play from time to time I guess it's it's a little bit like how language evolves isn't yeah. it? you know spoken oral traditions uh, stories passed down from generation to generation they aren't always necessarily going to be written down certainly now I, well, I just think about interesting challenges about how mm-hmm. things are passed on via social media but not necessarily in the old way of notating or writing down words it's all emojis and stuff now <laughs> yeah. so it, it's sort of important just to keep conversations going so that people hear so that at least there's this different channel of passing these traditions on right absolutely and this i think is the most important thing is just to be have it be heard and like you say whether it's stories or it's music or it's just you know language it needs to be used otherwise it will just kind of dwindle out which would be quite sad so it's important to do so yeah keeping the tradition alive i mean we've mentioned hardanger fiddle and we've mentioned greek obviously and ole bull I think Grieg is the composer that most people would think of in terms of Norwegian composers straight away. What other Norwegian composers should uh, people be more aware of besides Grieg? <laughs> well, there is quite a few. And uh, of course, in that time frame, like the National Romantic, there is quite a big bouquet of people who wrote very, very beautiful music. You have uh, Johan Halvorsen. Um, and there's Johan Svensson. And funny enough, actually, the uh, second sonata by Grieg is dedicated to Johan Svensson, uh, who was himself a really good violinist. And he even wrote, I think, somewhere in the description saying that I dedicate this sonata to my friend Johan Svensson because he's the only violinist who doesn't hate me. So that he got that one. <laughs> Why did everyone else hate him? <laughs> I think, I, I actually don't really know, but I wonder if maybe it was a bit of a self 
feeling in a way like he was you know as a composer maybe not everyone wanted to play his works etc etc so maybe something like that i yeah who knows a weird vibe yeah something got, going on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of in that um sound world of uh composers and then a little bit later around like early 1900s there was um a really really fantastic composer called Jalmar Borgström um, it's a composer I discovered by chance and I didn't even know about him until I was told about him um, quite a few years ago. Ah, see, again, the power of speaking, the power <laughs> exactly. of passing on these traditions. It's yeah. so important. And I was completely surprised when I learned that he had even uh, had a fantastic violin concerto. And, you know, if if someone didn't even tell me this, I would never know. And I found out a little bit by chance because um, it was a um, conductor friend of mine who gave me just a big pile of music from Borgström, the composer, and I left it at home. And I have to admit, it did collect a little bit of dust before I, you know, somehow one day for some reason was a bit curious. And I just opened up the score and I saw even on the first page, it had a bit of a beginning, like looked a bit like Bruch uh, Concerto, um, third movement, you know, like this kind of thirds going up and down. And I thought, like, wow, okay, it's actually kind of virtuosic. And then started playing it a bit and realized that, wow, this is really amazing music and started talking to people around it. And no one really knew anything about Borgström. And he was a fantastic composer in, in his day and very respected. He was even played in the Berlin Philharmonic when he passed away. The Oslo Philharmonic, they changed their whole season program to a whole tribute for him back in 1925. So, I mean, he was really a very, very well-established composer who got completely forgotten. And that's kind of also the, say, the power of bringing it back out again. And I really hope lots of people will play his music because it is really, really nice. And it's a different, it's Nordic, but not cliche nordic you know which is also kind of nice not too many cows yeah uh... (laughs) no no we need the cows too but (laughs) well yeah well i guess listeners are hearing about it here first but you know again that just brings back the power of of talking about these things and making people aware because if it's not written down necessarily people might not be aware like yourself until you just come across it by chance exactly and then so much fantastic music that you just think this really and for me in particular this piece but it was concerto by boys to me became such a mission to just bring it out again because i thought it's a big part of our music history which is not that long (laughs) to begin with so we kind of need to keep what's in there and keep it alive Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, uh, Elbjörg, for sharing with me your thoughts on Norwegian music. We've talked about, you know, how important it is to preserve the memory of these pieces by talking about them, and that's exactly what you're doing right now. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. That was Elbjörg Hemsing. Right now you're listening to the second movement of the aforementioned Borgström Violin Concerto. So if you've never heard it before, you've learned something new today. Though, to hear a version that doesn't have me speaking over the top of it, do check out the show notes for details of Elbjörg's recording of the work. And don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing, as well as Elbjörg's masterclass this month. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward got 50% off an online subscription for students and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe take out a free trial for seven days start reading right away with no strings attached also if you happen to be on apple Podcasts right now give us a little review or a rating thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode take good care bye